This is Tom Bernard. Can't get enough of sports talk with Phil Mackey and Judd Zolgad. Tune in to the new Tom Bernard Show podcast Monday through Friday as Phil and Judd join me to discuss the latest sports headlines and whatever else comes to mind. Just download the Tom Bernard Show app wherever you get your podcasts or visit TomBernardShow.com. It's another way to get more from me and Judd talking sports and having fun with Tom and it's all at your fingertips. Download the Tom Bernard Show app now and join the conversation. You're listening to a Score North podcast right now, and if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form, and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. This is Charlie Walters, the big shooter. I got one thing to say to the crew of the Ride with Ricey. Let's kick some ass. Navigation system. Please say a command. On. Ignition. Powered. Seatbelts. Fastened. Shift. Drive. Twin City sports fans, hold on tight. Live from the TCL Broadcast Studios, this is the Ride with Royce. He's going the distance. Yes, this is the Final Four, and to celebrate the Final Four, we are starting off uh, the shows this week with my four favorite Final Fours that I ever covered. Yes. Now, on uh, Tuesday, it was 1980. This is quite a little run of Final Fours we had here when we started thinking of the favorites. Uh, 87 game, uh, uh, 88 game, right? Keith Smart, or was it 87? 87. 87. 87, Keith Smart, Indiana, beat Syracuse. Hell of a game. Uh, Syracuse played great, uh, and Keith Smart was uh, just basically took over the game down the stretch, and he won. And they did that the same year. That Hoosiers came out uh, the same winter that Hoosiers came out. So uh, that kind of that tie in was fantastic. Uh, yesterday, it's the one that many people consider the best ever Villanova beating uh, uh, Georgetown, that mighty Georgetown team. Villanova, a lower, much lower seed. And uh, they ended up uh, holding the ball and making all their shots. What did we say yesterday? 18 out of 29 or something like that from the field? So. It was unbelievable. And today it is, uh, this was, a, even though Valvano won, and that certainly the, 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 the photos of that, the uh, video of that is fantastic, the finish of that game. I was rooting for Houston. I love that Houston team. The five my guy, my guy Hakeem. Uh, Hakeem Elijah won. Uh, Hakeem, guess who was the most outstanding player of that Final Four? Hakeem Elijah won. The mm-hmm. last player to off a losing team to uh, be oh, the really? most outstanding player in the Final Four. Now, when did he add the H? Uh, he was still Hakeem then. I, I think when it's, he uh, when he got drafted, it was still Hakeem. Yeah. I think, I think it's, I think Rockets, it's uh, it writer's whim now. You can, but now you now you almost always see it with an H, right? Yeah. Yep. 
and that's uh, you know I, I don't I don't know why he added the H, but I uh, had unbelievably unbelievable amount of fun covering that team and that Final Four and hearing the Akeem stories about how when they discovered him, he basically they saw this tall kid in Nigeria. They got him out on the basketball court, you know, and they he knew nothing about the game. And one of the stories was there's this U.S. coach over there that was trying to teach these kids basketball, and they were trying to teach him how to dunk. And the guy got up on a chair and threw the ball down <laughs> to show him how to dunk. And Hakeem got up on the chair and threw the ball down. <laughs> Even though he was seven <laughs> two, yeah, he just he thought you had to get on the chair to do this and to get two points. That's how that's how uh, much of a Neanderthal he was as far as the rules of the game, and to turn out to be right, favorite top basketball. ten top ten all time NBA player, favorite personal favorite basketball <laughs> player ever. Team Elijah one, well, my personal favorite, best footwork in the post oh of anybody that ever lived. Those, those Rockets teams in the mid '90s were my Ooh. favorite favorite NBA teams ever. But NC State shows up. They basically got. They had to win the ACC tournament to even make the field. Yep. They win the ACC tournament, and then they basically foul their way to this to the Final Four because that was that was the start know, of were, it. Yep. Right off the bat, they were going to lose and uh, to Pepperdine. Yes, and they fouled them, and they missed their free throws, and they won it, and uh, and uh, they make make it to the final four, and then uh, Georgia played terrible. Well, Pat, them. even go back farther than that. Remember, they had to win the tournament, yes, to just to yeah, even. That's what I'm saying. But they but to, and they had to beat North Carolina, Michael yes, Jordan, and all yes, those guys. That yeah. was, and that's where that started. The real the 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 fouling at the end of the game mm-hmm. just to keep themselves in it. And uh, so they get Georgia, which wasn't a great team in the uh, semis. And Georgia hadn't been there, and they were uh, they played terrible. And North Carolina State beat them. Mm-hmm. And then Houston comes out in that other semifinal against Louisville, and Louisville had some athletes. Louisville was really good, and that's when they did the the Duncan. They you know they had the six dunks in five minutes or something, and uh, it was the damnedest thing we'd ever seen. I, I always told you that Roger Balasari, the the SID from Notre Dame who was working had held up the little sign during the middle of the during a timeout during this dunkathon saying, Welcome to the twenty first century, you know. And he was right. But Drexler and Hakeem and mm-hmm. Benny my guy Benny Anders. Great uh was it a thirty for thirty or oh, what yeah. documentary 30 was for 30, it? 30 for 30, when yeah. they had to drag track down Benny. Benny like flunked out of school and basically disappeared and they never came back for any reunions or anything. And they, I think they tracked him down in Detroit or something like that. But I've, I've also told you the story about after they win the semi and Benny, Benny's up there with, with uh, guy Lewis, who was great. And, and uh, somebody's and Benny had the first dunk to get that whole thing started. And he said, what did the coach tell you when you got, when he, when he sent you in the game, he said, Benny, get in there and dunk the damn thing. <laughs> and, and, uh, and he said, what'd you do, Benny? And he says, I dunked the damn thing. And it was, they were a great team, but a hell of a ball game. And a, in a 54-52, so North Carolina State. They were clinging to ugly, dear life. Kept oh, it yeah. ugly. And, but that was also in the la- one of the last real arenas. You know, it was in the, we had it in Kansas City too, uh, 
uh, Kemper Arena in the year Danny and the Reasons won it, whatever that was. 88? 88. That, that was, that was in, in Kansas City. But the pit in Albuquerque is just a fantastic arena because it's, you know, it goes straight down. What does it seat? Is it a, is it 13 a, grand? Something oh, wow. Like that. Mm. Yeah. And that's got to be the smallest amazing. one in the last 30 years. They almost years. took it away from them, too, because they, you know, they had the big scandal with the Norm Ellenberger. Uh, who was uh, a bit of a, a bit of a cheater? Sure, uh, <laughs> you know. Uh, and then Bobby ended up rehabilitating him by making him an assistant coach years later. Remember that Norm Ellenberger in New Mexico, and they almost took the Final Four away from him because of uh, cheating. But that was a hell of a game, fifty four fifty two, and a Wittenberg misses a shot, Charles catches, lays it in, and. <laughs> Those Houston guys are turning around, looking at each other, saying, "What the hell what happened?" What just happened? <laughs> uh, I love this question because I've I've thought about it myself. But Aaron emails in, Chris asked Manny and Pat, "Do you think the Rockets would have beat the Bulls if Michael hadn't retired those two years when Houston went back to back?" The Rockets. I think um, they could have. I think they could have. Yeah, because you know the 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 Bulls as great as Michael was, and we know Michael was great. The Bulls didn't. I mean, you're gonna have Cartwright. Garden Hakeem, mm-hmm. Stacy King yeah. gonna guard Hakeem. Like, yeah, those you know. Houston teams were not frauds. That's for sure. They were. I mean, really you, good. you you double team Hakeem, they were gonna kick it out to Sam and Kenny and Robert Ory and hit a lot of threes. Mm-hmm. Vernon Maxwell. Yep. Uh, by the way, uh, my, I got to tell you this Norm Allenberger story, which I've also told in the past. But Musselman, I think his second year goes down to the New Mexico. Lobo Classic, right? Mm-hmm. And Norm, there's four guys there, four teams there, and Norm gives himself Columbia. I think we we played Columbia in the first round, and they played some other. You know, they had it set up so New Mexico would play the play the uh, Gophers in the, in the okay in the finals, and they're sitting there watching the third place game together. Ellenberger and Musselman up in the stands, and there's nobody there yet, and and uh, they're up there shooting the breeze, and these two guys come up, and they start BSing with Musselman and Ellenberger and talking about Ellenberger, about going fishing and where they've gone fishing, and they leave, and Ellenberger says, Bill, how much better than you do you think we are? How much better than us do you think you are? And Bill said, oh, no, I think it's an even game. He said, no, seriously, seriously. If we both play our best, who's, how much better are you than we are? And Bill said, nah, 12, 15 points. He said, not enough. Those are the referees. <laughs> and Musselman got thrown out in like the first five minutes. He got like five technicals oh. and thrown out. And New Mexico beat him. That was that, that oh. uh, I think it was the second year. Oh, that's great. Second year, not enough, wow. Bill. Uh, those are the referees. We'll be back. Tom Brookshire, and also working with us today is Bert Reynolds. Bert Reynolds played here in 1955 for Florida State. In fact, played the whole game. What do you know about Stanford? Stanford has got a great quarterback, as everybody knows, Guy Benjamin, but he completed 63% of his passes last year, which is hard to do if you're just playing catch in the backyard. And uh, they got a coach who was 10 years in the pros, Bill Waltz, and uh, I think they're going to come out throwing. And if, as uh, Tom says, if they can't get the ball, they're not going to be able to win. But if they do get the ball, it's going to be a high-scoring game. And that's what we expect, a high-scoring Sun Bowl here in El Paso. How about that for an all-star announcing crew for the Sun Bowl? Man. That tells you, you know what that tells <laughs> yes. you? 
how few bowls there were in 1977 when this was a great country. <laughs> when we had 12, 15 bowl games instead of 78 of them. But I digress. <laughs> uh, but Summerall and Brookshire, maybe the greatest team Tandem ever, ever together. Yep. They good. attempted to kill each other by drinking and partying, but uh, they were But fantastic. that's why they were so good, damn fanta- it. Yeah, because they were hungover every right. Sunday. It was great. <laughs> And they brought in Burt Reynolds, who was probably oh my god uh, one of the top five celebrities in America right then. Sports, 1977, everything. Nineteen seventy-seven, yeah. prime time. Uh, Burt Reynolds and Burt Reynolds. Uh, now I saw TMZ today when they uh, announced. I think they were the first to say he died at age eighty-two. That he was a former Florida State football star. Uh, not really. He. Uh, he came uh, as a uh, well-regarded player, but he injured his knee uh, his freshman year. I think before freshman, we might, freshman, I guess we're eligible. Then. And then uh, when he came back, he got he injured it again in a car accident. He only had 19 carries and caught a few passes during his Florida State career. But uh, my friend Jerry Fraley from Dallas, who grew up in Clearwater, you know, mm-hmm. he, he tweeted out, before Burt Reynolds, he was Buddy Reynolds, a good running back from Riviera Beach, Florida, whose career at Florida State was shortened by injuries received in a car wreck. It was always Buddy Reynolds when he would come back to FSU. Never big-timed anyone and a heck of a guy, uh, Jerry Fraley says. Now, Jerry didn't go to Florida State, but he grew up Be and sure was all around. Area. And Riviera Beach is very near Clearwater. So I know Riviera Beach. I, I knew he played football, but you know what anecdote I discovered today? His what? college roommate. Was Lee yes, Corso. Lee Corso. Yeah. The poor guy. Can you imagine that dorm to room together? Yeah. Well, yeah, Reynolds was the shy, quiet guy in that room, right? Compared to him. Sure. Uh, you know, because Corso so would shut up, friends. I'm sure. But uh, Burt Reynolds. Now, Smokey and the Bandit, how many were there? There was three. Three? Well, the first one's the only one that really counts. Okay. And now, what was Burt in all three? Burt was in the first Two. I better pull this up just and to be Jackie sure. Jackie was Jackie. Uh, I think Jackie was only in the first, first one. one. Yeah. Okay. The only one. Again, so the only Jackie one did. Jackie was the was the cop in uh, the sheriff. In, the, the sheriff and the Duke boy. He played the same role in Smokey as Abandoned as he did with the Duke boys. Wasn't he in there with the? No, he wasn't. No, he wasn't the Duke in boys. the Duke boys. Uh-uh. Okay. Uh, Jackie had to be in more than one, didn't he? I think he was only. Let me see the. Uh, mm-hmm. Let me pull up. His but that Wikipedia. thing. When was that? Smokey and the Bandit was 77. And that was And the second one was was 80. Oh, my God, it was huge. (laughs) Especially if you grew up in Faribault, Minnesota, Uh Smokey and the Bandit was massive. So you had to see it on the rebound. Oh, yeah. I I didn't watch it until 1988 or whatever it was, but it didn't matter. And then you'd sit around and Mankato State and drink beer and watch it 100 times. (laughs) I never saw Smokey and the Bandit 3, but apparently, according to Burt Reynolds. Nobody else did either. (laughs) Fair point. Well played. Uh, but apparently, Burt Reynolds made a cameo. I'm looking at his filmography, okay. and apparently made a cameo. And Jackie movie, was so. in the second one. Okay, I, I misspoke, but yeah, he was in the. Jackie second one. played the Southern uh, Sheriff pretty damn good, didn't he? Oh my God, mm-hmm. I gotta find that clip here because it's one of my favorites, and it is right. Come on here, come on here, come no, on. Go here. On. here we go. You're gonna miss, as you're gonna miss home, that the computer. First thing I'm gonna do is punch your mama in the mouth. <laughs> He gets mad at his own kid for being dumb. <laughs> He's gonna hit Mama in, in the, the in the mouth, mouth for bringing for bringing him into the, the world. world. <laughs> All right, but here is the greatest 
you know, the longest yard, that was big too. And, you know, hell of a, you know, great, one of the best film football games of all time, the longest yard. Mm-hmm. But uh, here's the best movie he was ever, that he ever was. Right. So here. what I'm trying to tell you, Eddie, is that it takes a lot of a good old American green stuff to make one of these things. You know what I mean? I mean, you know, you've got your camera, you've got your film, you got your lights, you got your sound, you got your lab costs, you got your developing, you got your syncing, you got your editing. Before you turn around, you spent maybe twenty, twenty-five, $30,000 on a movie. That's a lot of money. But your ass is. <laughs> if you make a good one, there's practically no end to how much money you make. <laughs> uh, Burt Reynolds, as the uh, pornographer in Boogie Nights, uh, did get nominated for supporting actor. He did not win. He should have won. He was great. And uh, he was. Who would have won? He that was year? the very. That was what, 96? Was that movie, uh, Boogie Nights? 97? Yeah, 20 years. I don't know. But he was, uh, he was uh, a very affable. Pornographer concerned about his uh, affable pornographer. It's concerned about the the uh, people who worked for him. He brought Marky Wahlberg along as a uh, you know as uh, once he you know once he showed him what he had. Right, the mirror uh, scene. And he uh, you know he had uh, he always had the people around the house and uh, uh, you know the scene where he tells uh, Roller Girl to go over and go over to the couches. uh, You know when. If you ever start watching that, you always make sure you get. To, You've uh, got to get to uh, that, that part, point, maybe if you're that, already you're already invested. That, that kind of waves, yeah. and that kind of passes. But uh, honest to God, if you're if you're not a prude in any way, it's a hell of a movie. Um, really and by the way, I was movie. looking up these these movies. Smoking the Bandit two. 17% on Rotten Tomatoes. That's how <laughs> awful it was. Seventeen <laughs> percent. Right? Yeah, the, the the people who rated it weren't the youth of America no, and the, college, right. the, the hard-drinking college right. students who just went to hoot and holler. By the way, uh, Robin, it was Robin Williams who won Best uh, Supporting Actor for Goodwill Hunting oh, yeah. that year. Yeah. So yeah, that, was, uh, that was one of his uh, better performances. But I would have voted for Burt It was, <laughs> You know, it's, it's easier to play a uh, smart math teacher than a affable pornography. Absolutely. Right? I mean... <laughs> Because it's it's uh, it's more it's it's a more difficult role I would say. you know one of the very first when we started doing the beer show Patrick about five years ago um, when Brad Lane was putting together assembling liners and whatnot for the show there was one that I insisted from Smokey and the Bandit when you know he was setting up the rendezvous uh-huh. and how they had to get all the beer from Texarkana to yeah, Atlanta man. and whatnot yeah. and my favorite one of my favorite lines from the movie why do you want that beer so bad because he's thirsty dummy. <laughs> <laughs> because he's thirsty, dummy. God, uh, I love that line. Pat Oswald, apparently a big fan of Burt Reynolds. Oh, really? I uh, said, uh, you know, look at uh, Deliverance, the man who loved cat dancing, the longest yard, hustle. I didn't, I never saw that one. Breaking in, Citizen Ruth, Boogie Night, saying he wasn't some, he wasn't all clunkers, you know. But uh, he also says Burt Reynolds and Clint Eastwood were fired from Gunsmoke and Rawhide at the same time. Bert was told he couldn't act, and Clint that his neck was too skinny. In the parking lot, Bert said to Clint, "I don't know what you're going to do, but I'm going to go take acting lessons." <laughs> Bert really said, and uh, 
I'll always so, uh, I'll always remember our guy Norm McDonald when he would play as Burt Reynolds <laughs> oh on my SNL God. and they'd do the Celebrity Jeopardy and what was the name like Turd Ferguson. Turd Ferguson yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we played a part of it during GL, the 40th anniversary, whenever they all came out, and Bert drove his podium up to the uh-huh. up to the Jeopardy scene. He's like, "Sorry, I'm late." And Will Ferrell goes, "You aren't late. You weren't invited." <laughs> that was pretty good. And one other note, uh, I got this from Babu. Word on the street is that you have a lot of free time coming up. You should come to our tailgate. Go for tailgate. You should. And I said, I don't drink, and the coach annoys me. So, <laughs> but that's the very reason you should go. I, I am here. Go. I think you yeah. should go, Pat. I think uh, it'd be great. Yeah, yeah, maybe not. Not for a night game. You know, maybe some Saturday morning I'll go. When up. they kick off at eleven, yeah. <laughs> Especially if there's a good chance of them losing, and I can tease them. I, I can, I, with this home schedule, there's no. That's there's true. No guaranteed loss. That's true. Which is kind of sad. Uh, we'll be back. When we're talking about uh, wives being stolen by teammates and bandmates and friends, I had to look up to see when uh, Rick Manning ran off with uh, teammate Dennis Eckersley's wife with the Cleveland Indians when there were two young stars there. 1978, that was uh, when Manning uh, Manning ended up uh, with Eckersley's wife. How could you oh. leave a good-looking guy like yeah. Eckersley? He so gave you urges, right? Manning was a good-looking guy, though, too. I gotta say that. But Eck, Eck gave you urges, right? Oh, yes. He was, he's my <laughs> all-time boyfriend. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. Now, who were the two guys that basically swapped families? Uh, that was Yankees? Mike Eckage and Fritz Peters. Peters. Yeah. yeah. One of them stuck, stayed together, and the other one, I don't know who, who I stayed together. I think Eckage stayed together Kekich with stayed Peterson's together. ex-wife. I believe. That might have been... The greatest story in my sports <laughs> career. Really? Uh, it's, you can't believe, you know, as big as it would be now with social media and everything, it was enormous. Yeah, the yeah. New York tabloids loved it. They should have sent checks to both families because they've <laughs> sold so many newspapers. But I didn't realize this. Uh, Eckersley had an older brother, Wally, who has been serving a 40-year sentence in a Colorado prison for a 1989 conviction on second-degree kidnapping, attempted wow. murder, Ooh. and aggravated robbery. Huh. Wow. So he's had an interesting life. Eck. Older brother Wally. Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Incarcerated. Yes. Huh. And, uh, if it's uh, 1989, he'd still have 10 to go if he hasn't gotten out for good behavior. So. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Hey, by the way, I guess I guess Eck is great on the Red Sox uh, telecast. Didn't he, he stir does. it up though with oh, David yeah, he Price? Did. Yeah, he did. Price That's got mad at him. Price screamed at him. But, but then but the he, Red he Sox does. fans turned on Price. He does the pregame and the postgame, yeah. I think. But he says uh-huh. anything that comes to mind. You know. Twins with the day off today. They'll return home tomorrow to kick off a. They can't lose. Six-day homestand. They'll play three against the Royals over the weekend. They then have three against the New York Yankees. Boy, this is uh, this is not the time of year you want the Yankees in town, no. is it? In the middle of September when you're buried and nobody cares. Yeah. Well, they'll still draw okay, though, won't they? They won't get much more than 20, I would guess. What's the latest on... Judge, I know they went and got McCutcheon mm-hmm. to sort of supplement that, but as Judge... They aren't saying much about it, are they? they not. Been but, kind of uh, quiet uh, with Mus- it. 
Must be something serious. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're saying that. Yeah. Last I heard, they were saying maybe a week before the playoffs, but uh, mm-hmm. I don't know. You're very concerned, aren't you? I John? cannot You're wait until the Yankees have to go to Oakland for the wild card. That's going to be so great. <laughs> not going to happen, Chris. <laughs> I'd make you a bet, but neither of us are going to be Edwin around. Edwin Jackson on the hill. Yes. Yeah, and facing Edwin Jackson, yep. Yes. Uh, the Saints are playing in the playoffs tonight. Game two of their best of five against Gary. Saints won game one last night. Uh, because of the postponement of game one on Tuesday, they'll play five straight days if necessary with game three happening tomorrow night in Gary. You know, uh, I've been, it's, it's kind of a cynical theory that uh, people really go to Saints games more for the entertainment value sure. and the scene than they do for the actual result. And the fact that they had 2,100 for the uh, opening game of the playoffs would maybe reinforce that concept. I think you Uh, are There's nothing wrong with that, but uh, that's just uh, 2,100. NFL season underway tonight. Falcons and Eagles. The Vikings open their season Sunday. What's the number? Four? I'd guess four. Eagles? I didn't even look today. Not much over four, I wouldn't think. I told Judd this morning, I think uh, I think the Falcons win tonight. Mm-hmm. Well, I wouldn't I be surprised. That Philadelphia, it hasn't been all smooth for the no, Eagles. No. No. Doug Peterson's getting all snappy with the media. I hope somebody <laughs> asked him at halftime who his quarterback's yes. going to be in the second half. <laughs> they should fly in the gal that asked yeah. uh, Saban. Maria for, Taylor. Yeah. She might not work. So stop asking. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Tiger Woods at the BMW Championship uh, put in a good day in eight under par 62. He holds the early lead. Uh, I think he's uh, the only guy... Uh, he, uh, McElroy birdied uh, 18, so they're both 62. They're tied. Oh, he did. Okay. Yeah. When I came in, he was mm-hmm. at seven. So they're both at eight under, and Xander Shoffley mm-hmm. is at seven under. So uh, tie with Rory and Tiger Apparently, this old, wonderful old golf course in Philadelphia isn't much of a test for the boys, although no. Phil Mickelson was three over. So I don't know where he hit it. Uh, Star Tribune reporting Kevin Garnett is suing an accountant and his firm claiming they helped a now imprisoned wealth manager steal tens of millions of dollars of Garnett's money. A federal malpractice lawsuit alleges that Kentucky-based accountant Michael Wertheim and Wellican CPAs knowingly enabled Charles A. Banks IV in defrauding Garnett out of $77 million over several years through businesses in which Garnett and Banks shared. In interest. That's deduct and uh, and Kevin and the gal have uh, split, right? Ah, uh, yes. He and, he and the wife is, uh, have uh, separated, I believe. Oh, yeah. I, don't, I don't know Earlier if it's this summer. yet or not. Uh, did you guys see the Todd Frazier story? No, I love this. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, I did see this. Todd Frazier admits he fooled the umpires into thinking he made a catch he didn't, but mm-hmm. he swears he didn't plan to do it. Mm-hmm. Happened Monday night, a game against the Dodgers. The Mets third baseman dove into the stands to yep. snare a foul ball. Okay. After the tumble, he showed the umpire the ball, got the out call, and then quickly tossed the ball back into the stands. Mm-hmm. The only problem was it was not the ball that was hit. <laughs> It was actually a rubber ball that he happened to grab after losing the real one as he fell into the seats. He said that at first he thought it was the real ball, but after quickly realizing it wasn't, he instinctively... Some kid had the ball there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. There's a guy in the third row holding it up. He said he instinctively (laughs) sold the catch to the up anyway, even though it was just a rubber ball. Mm -hmm. Frazier said, it's Hollywood. Sometimes you got to act out a little bit. (laughs) 
Frazier could be seen explaining what happened to his teammates in the dugout. He said he noticed a fan yelling at third base ump Mark Wagner to draw his attention to the real ball. So Frazier said, I was just trying to get out of there as quickly as possible. <laughs> <laughs> uh, next time Mark Wagner's behind the plate. Oh, then, yeah, he's going to hear about <laughs> that. Might, if they throw one near the plate, you might want to take a hack. <laughs> yeah. I think if it's borderline, you might get called out. Uh, the Toronto well, Wagner's kind of a red ass, too. The Toronto Blue Jays and manager John Gibbons, I don't think this is a surprise, are reportedly ready to part ways at season He's got the personality of a wall. He drives me nuts watching him. You know, back to the Frazier decoy, it reminds me of a a town ball game a couple of years ago where a guy had had the warm-up baseball in his back pocket. So he dove for the ball, missed it by six miles, and went, oh, no, I, I, I got it here. He tried pulling it out, and everybody saw him do it. <laughs> was it Jeter who Yeah, he pretended like he got, he got, got hit, hit by a pitch. And It was a national scandal. Right. Yeah. That's the only yeah. been going on in baseball yeah. for 120 years. Right. But now we have cameras to show yes. us. So oh, that horrified. Jeter, that Josie's on Coming Jeter. up on first take, yeah. Stephen A. breaks it down, whether yes. it's going to be hot or not. Hey, good news. Monday noon, <laughs> Stephen A. Two hours right here on the big AM 1500. Okay, thank you. Yes. <laughs> Stephen A. You might get a little NBA talk. Maybe. Just a little bit. He's, uh, but I understand he's got some hot takes on the wild. So that, oh, really? Yeah. I did not know that. In fact, he might call in. He and Judd can kick around the wild a little bit. Gibbons and the Blue Jays had no comment on the story about Gibbons. Uh, mm-hmm. Being fired, okay. perhaps, or leaving, shall we say, at the end of the He's season. He's got to get it done. <laughs> <laughs> the best the best is when Stephen A. calls into Levitard show a couple of years uh-huh. ago. It was on the Kevin Durant thing. Yeah. Him and Stephen A. and Kevin Durant were having their thing, yeah. and they're showing a picture of... As Stephen A. is ranting about Kevin Durant, they're showing a picture of... An animated picture of Stephen A., like just yelling or whatever, yeah. and there's like the caption of ah, <laughs> and Stu Gatz and and Lebertard, they're just cackling. It's, it's great. It's fantastic. All right, Johnny. Hey, that's the good news. We will get uh, three hours of Lebertard starting Monday, nine yep. to twelve. Yes. Right? Yes, nine right. To Correct. 12. Yep. Man, best best show on radio. Odorizzi's pitch is hit hard to left field, long and high, deep and far for Gaddison. Forget about it. Another two-run shot. Gaddison's 25th of the year. The Astros lead four to nothing. Are you here by circle? When's he coming back? How many games is he doing this year, Bert? He hasn't done any. That's man. true. I haven't yeah, seen, we haven't heard him in a while. Troy did both of a series in Texas, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. And uh, I can't remember who went with him the first. Uh, I don't know who was with him. Well, maybe he's going to come home to get to be part of the showdown with Kansas City. Could be. Isn't that who we have? Yeah, Kansas City, and then the Yankees, and then the Yankees. Yeah. Yes. All right. Here's. I was attempting to watch a little bit of that last night. God, that was difficult. Impossible. But uh, you know what's really bad as a lifelong follower of the Twins? When you think they're going to be, you know, they could be okay, and then they turn out to be rotten. Those, You know, when you go into a season saying they're going to be rotten. Like last year. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, you don't, and then they played pretty good. But when you go into a season expecting rottenness, you don't get worked up, right? Mm-hmm. But watching this what they are presenting right now as a major league collection is disgusting. It is. It's disgusting. It's annoying. 
Yeah, I mean, you got we we got to find out if this six foot five lefty can pitch in the big. Here's I think I think might have been Gleeman that made this. Somebody made this point. Jake Reed is a uh, Addison Reed. No, Jake Reed. Oh, the, the, the minor leaguer. I'm the sorry, minor leaguer is a six year minor league free agent. Okay, and he's on the roster. I mean, he, he he's on he, the forty he man. Could, he could. You're going to have to, you know. Uh, he can become a six-year free agent, right? You're going to have to, you know what, yeah. or get off the pot, yeah. as they say. And he's not here. Why is he not here? He's on a. He was pitched at Rochester this year, and he's not. They didn't call him up. He's not enough at know, bats for him or Buxton. No, no. I mean, he's, <laughs> he's a pitcher. No, he's I a know. Pitcher. <laughs> but he's the cheap they're, shot. They're, I, I don't know what the hell they're up to. They have to take. I heard uh, Levine talking about Vasquez, this new guy. He's a He's Gabriel Moya. He's a big, tall guy who throws eighty percent sliders and throws eighty-eight miles an hour. And he's he's he went up from a ball to the big leagues. And I guess you know he he made the three stops. And I guess they're trying to find out if they got to put him on a forty man or not. But you know when I nobody ever comes up through. You say, boy, look at this. You know he might be okay. Nobody's here that. They haven't brought anybody here who say, "Oh, wow!" When let uh, me see Nick Gordon. When the acquisition was made <laughs> yeah. for Jake Odorizzi, there's an. I need to issue an apology. Yes, I thought when, okay. when the acquisition was made, I said, "Okay, they went and got Kyle Gibson. This kid is not as good as Kyle oh, Gibson. God, he drives you crazy." It's just, no. I, I, what I don't understand is he doesn't have a backup plan. Odorizzi, I'm talking about mm-hmm. because what he attempts to do is he tries to sneak in. On a right-handed batter, he tries to get his mediocre fastball on the inner half of the corner. High and inside. And then he yeah. tries to get you to chase up and up, which is fine. But when the first pitch is called the ball, he ain't got no plan we, B. We, yeah, yeah. That, that's we had Roy on this morning, Roy Smalley, me and Judd did, and that's exactly what Roy oh, God. So he said. Because I asked him, I said, what is going on? What is wrong with Jake Odorizzi? He said, yeah, when people have picked up that he's trying to get people to, to bite on that high fastball and mm-hmm. and he doesn't have an out. alternate that that's and his only plan a, he doesn't have a secondary option and he takes 20 minutes yeah. i mean he's cuz he gets the ball back and he's you can see him spending 20 seconds trying to figure out what pitch he wants to throw but uh you know billy gardner well gardy this guy would have driven gardy crazy too cuz he hated the slow workers so did kelly mm-hmm. but they really drove Billy Gardner nuts. The great Billy Gardner, the slow workers. He had we had they got a guy. One of the guys when they made those Yankee trades was Pete Filson, lefty, mm-hmm. and Freeze Garden uh, Gardner nicknamed him Freeze because he'd get the ball and hold it for like thirty <laughs> seconds. They called he get all these goofy looks on his face and and he drove them nuts. And Gar- sometimes Gardy just. Take him out of the game because he couldn't stand to wait for him to pitch anymore, <laughs> even if he was getting a few people out. Guy Slick, who, by the way, is still alive. I don't know what kind of shape he's in, but he's still alive. But Jake Odorizzi would have given him a heart attack. That, uh, you know, that go after somebody. No kidding. And that's why yeah. he would, to start the inning, he's going three balls, sometimes three, most three and oh to guys. My God, kid. You have mediocre stuff to begin with. You've got to at least throw it over the plate to give yourself a chance. And remember, guys, this was your opening day starter. <laughs> oh, God. Let's, well, we've had worse, Vance Worley. Vance Worley. But, I was uh, there for that Vance Worley start, man. But, uh, you know, this. I mean, what? One, I mean, Eddie Rosario had a good year, but we knew Eddie could hit. Mm-hmm. What has happened? 
What positive surprise has there been with this team? What positive surprise has there been? Well, Eddie, well, Escobar, Barrios, Eddie Escobar was pretty good, and then they traded him away. <laughs> Barrios is worse, is not as good as I thought he was. He's okay, but he's not as good Made as the I all-star thought he team. But that sure. was consolation. But, I mean, he was a marginal all-star, okay, and then he's been terrible since. He's not as good as I thought he was. I mean, nothing good has happened. Eddie Rosario can hit. Okay, we knew he could hit. We maybe not knew he could know he could do this. Jake Cave might be a fourth Jake outfielder. Cave be a fourth outfielder. The... Uh, and Garver uh, can be your other catcher, right? What, what was the uh, what was the Stephen Gonzalez tweet you had last week? Somebody you said somebody had told you that you know congr- when he when he made his first start, somebody told you congratulations, you're. Like the second coming of Mark Redman or something like I that. I think, uh, yeah, oh, yeah. Well, that was uh, that was a close relative of mine who texted me after watching two and he said, "This bleeping guy is Mark Redman. <laughs> we got Mark <laughs> Redman back." And I said, "We got you know." So I stole that and said, "We got Mark Redman back." More than that, we got a tall Tommy Malone, although he doesn't have as good a control. That's right. Yeah. When is he going to run it out there again? Oh, we got to get. Well, he's free now. Come on, the Nationals got rid of him. Let's get no, him back. No, Gonsalves. Oh, I thought you were talking about touchdown there. Tommy Malone. Same, same difference, right? <laughs> okay. When's Gonsalves going to try? Well, he's got to be. I hope they run him out against the Yanks. That'll be fun. Oh God! All right, we'll be back. Quiet, please. We'll be on the air. And now, this day in history. Patrick. Bill Clinton here as Cal Ripken plays the game 2,131. He throws one down the middle here. Keep it on 3 0. Yeah, he'll still swing at it. Yeah. Let's see. 3 0 to Cal. Here it comes. Swung at it. It's gone. Gone. Goal. Yes. September 6, 1995. I don't know if the Orioles are home tonight, but I got a hunch there was a little more excitement in the ballpark. I was there. September 6, 1995, uh, when Cal Ripken uh, broke the record of Lou Gehrig by playing in his 2,131st consecutive game and also homered in that game. And uh, after four and a half innings, it became an official game, and we stopped the game, and he did the lap all around cool. there, and uh, it was uh, pretty fantastic. And I've told you guys that uh, they, I was in the second row of the press box, and sitting in front of me was Mike Wilbon from the Washington Post, and sitting next to him was Shirley Povich, who was there on July 4th when Gehrig announced his retirement. Wow. So that's how long Shirley'd been around, right? Wow. And uh, one of the special Ripken balls was hit back into the press box, bounced up in the air, came down, sat in front of Wilbon, and he turned around and said, Mr. Povich, there's a baseball for you. That's pretty cool. That was, awesome. Uh, that was a pretty good night. That was a great night in Baltimore. And, uh, uh, and She's got a bit back, downhill since As they look back on September 6th, <laughs> that'll, be, uh, that'll get a star compared to this season.